Good morning, family, and to all our guests. Glad to have you today. Um, I'm going to read a scripture, and then I'm going to pray. And he said, meaning Jesus, to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Father, you're so good to us. And Lord, I just pray that you help us to see you rightly today. God, I pray that you help us to desire to follow Jesus more and more after fellowship and worship and hearing your word today, Lord. May that be the passion of our life, to follow God. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you for your word. And God, I pray you soften our hearts. Holy Spirit, thank you for your power, your anointing, your life in and through me today, God. And I'm just trusting you in the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. That verse was in my heart just as we were worshiping, maybe near the end, and sometimes when we hear that verse, if you're going to follow Jesus or come after him, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. And it can be real easy for me to focus on the denying and taking up my cross part. But if I really see Jesus correctly, if I see the King of Kings, the Son of God, Emmanuel correctly, then I'm going to want to follow him. And I'm not going to focus on the deny myself. I'm going to do that as a response to following him. What an honor. I get to follow you. You died for me on a cross. You came down. You're God in the flesh. You're resurrected to the right hand of the Father. I have an inheritance in heaven. Like, I have eternal life. I get to live forever with you. I mean... When we see him correctly, then denying ourselves and taking up our cross is, yes, it's going to be challenging at times, but it's going to happen more naturally, and we're going to want to. And Josh said near the end um, something about God offering himself, and that's what God is doing. Even today through this message, he's offering another invitation of himself to us. And I'm just so thankful to open his word and share his word with you guys. Um, Today, the main passage we're going to, uh, that I'm going to read from is Matthew 11. You're welcome to turn there, verses 25 through 30. So again, that's Matthew 11, verses 25 through 30. And I, of course, will be sharing other scriptures as well, but that's going to be our focal. And really, the last three verses are going to be our focus point. Um, But I'm going to go ahead, uh, well, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and read um, Matthew 11, uh, 25. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son. And anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Come to me, 
all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So here is the call, the invitation today. The same thing Jesus was speaking to his audience then is come to me. Jesus is saying, come to me. And who is he talking to? All who labor and are heavy laden. The term labor can mean to feel fatigue, to work hard, to be weary. Who here has ever experienced those? Absolutely. So Jesus has a broad scope of people he's talking to. That can be any of us. If you're weary, if you've been working hard in life, if you're fatigued, Jesus is saying, come to me. I will give you rest. And laden is like a burden, carrying a heavy burden. There can be lots of burdens that we can carry. Um, There can be a burden of sin. At times, we can be um, carrying a burden of sin in our hearts. That can be an addictive lifestyle. It can be a pattern of sin. It can be a stronghold of sin. It can be the burden of Uh, someone we're carrying in our hearts, a family member, a child. It can be the burden of anxiety, of fear, of loneliness, depression. It can be all these different burdens that we carry on our hearts. Unbelief, these can be burdens that we hold on to. And Jesus is saying, come to me, all who are weary and who carry heavy burdens, regardless of what your burden is, and I, Jesus, will give you rest. What a precious promise, rest. Who here wants rest in your soul and rest physically, you know? But that's Jesus. He's calling us to rest. That's who he is. That's amazing. So again, Jesus is saying, come to me and I will give you rest. The challenge is that there are many other things that are screaming at us um, from the outside and inside saying, no, come to me. It can be the pull of the world. It can be um, entertainment. It can be pleasure. Pleasure can be good, but not if it's idolatry and we're where it's ruling us. Pleasure can say, no, come to me. Self-pity, come to me. Come to self. Comfort yourself. You deserve better. You're a victim. That can say, come to me. It can be pride. It can be isolation. Just self-life and preservation. You know, the pull of the world. You go out to, especially the bigger cities or whatever, there's just the, the pull of the world. Satan is saying, no, come to me. I'm better. Come to me. So there's competing voices. But in those um, things, there's not rest. There's not rest. And not only that, it can be the voice of our own hearts, striving, 
trying to obtain a right standing and merit God's approval. There is no rest in that. Jesus is saying, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens. If that's you, come to him today and come to him tomorrow. Continue coming to Jesus. He wants us in a place of rest in our minds and in our hearts so that we'll hear his voice and we'll be sensitive to his spirit and so we'll have his heart to share his love with others. All right. And this coming to Jesus is not something we initiated. God Almighty initiated this. Your life has value. Your life has purpose. We didn't get here by accident. God has called you. He created mankind in his image. So God initiated this call. And Jesus said, no one can come to me except the Father who sent me draws him. So God is drawing you to himself. Whether you don't know him and are separated and have his wrath hanging above you if you don't turn and repent, or if you know him maturely, God is still calling you to come to him. God, who's invisible, but he's real. And we believe it by faith in his word. He wants a relationship with us. He wants a relationship with you that is real, that you're conscious of, that you, you want to follow him and he's the passion of your life, in your soul. He wants to fill you daily with his life. He wants to fill you daily with his rest. And he wants to send you to share that with lost and hurting souls, people that are without rest, people that are looking in all the wrong places, which I have done before, and I still have to guard my heart. Uh, I'm going to read from Isaiah 55, just to read God's call. The title on this in my Bible says, The Compassion of the Lord. We serve a holy God. He is just and righteous, and he does punish sin, but he is also very compassionate. Listen to this call. This is God calling um, to Israel. Come, Isaiah 55, 1 through 3. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy, and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Ooh. Listen diligently to me and eat what is good. Delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my sure steadfast love to David. So again, who's initiating that? It's not Israel. That's God. He's calling. He's saying, come to me. Come to me. That is still his call today. He's calling us to come to him. So Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But then he gives a second 
invitation or command and says, in verse Matthew eleven twenty nine, he says, take my yoke upon you. So Jesus says to take his yoke upon you. Jesus offers us his yoke. That's not a real common term here in American society. Um, And I'm still learning what that means. But um, Glenn shared this with me this morning as I've just been seeking the Lord on this. And um, I just thought this was really good. It says, the yoke is a yoke of slavery. We were slaves to the devil and to the world. And we must have Jesus break off our yoke of slavery that produced our being weary and heavy laden. Then we must be yoked to Christ as slaves to him, slaves to Jesus. And he is meek and lowly as a loving Lord. I'm going to repeat that. He is meek and lowly as a loving Lord. Lord, not cruel and brutal as the devil. Isn't that amazing? God who spoke and the sun, the stars, the moon came into existence, whom angels worship, who has the power and authority to send mankind to hell, eternal punishment. God who created came in the flesh and he is lowly. What an amazing heart. He's lowly. He's not cruel. He's a loving Lord. Galatians 5.1 says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. A yoke of slavery. I'm not too knowledgeable about the book of Galatians, but um, some of them were trying to still, they were basing their right standing on circumcision and just works based. And so Paul was telling them, don't be entangled again to that yoke of slavery, being a slave to works, being a slave to trying to earn my identity and my worth. Jesus is saying, Don't be entangled to that. Well, Paul, the Holy Spirit through Paul, don't be entangled to a yoke of slavery. Jesus came to set us free from slavery to the devil, slavery to sin, and slavery to our own hearts of unbelief. He wants to open up a world of faith, a world of peace, a world of joy. Yes, there's going to be trials But Jesus is so much better. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Let him set you free from any yoke that is not the yoke Jesus is offering. Jesus has a yoke. And we get to become a slave of Christ. Deny myself. Take up my cross. Be his slave, bondservant, and follow him. But again, when we see him correctly, we're going to want to do that. I'm going to read from Romans 6, 20 through 22. Romans 6, 20 through 22. For when you were slaves of sin, so again, slaves of sin, 
You were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? Sin can produce shame. For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. So again, Jesus says, come to me. But he also says, take my yoke. Exchanged the the yoke of slavery to sin, slavery to self, to the world, to unbelief, and take my yoke. But Jesus is the one offering it. It's not something we strive for. It's through grace, by grace, through faith. We believe and we receive it. But we choose to be his slave, his servant. That means I deny myself. That means I take up my cross daily. I don't live for me anymore and my comforts. And now I follow him. But that's one reason why it's so important to have a body, the body of Jesus together. There's no way we could live this out by ourselves. We all get weak. We all sin in some fashion that's in our flesh. But we can walk this out as we humble ourselves and embrace the body of Christ, live in community. It's so important to live in fellowship and to live in community, whether it's like this or meeting up in our homes or brothers or sisters on the side. We need to meet together. We have to meet together and to encourage each other in the Lord. Beware of not meeting together anymore. When it's tempting to isolate, humble yourself, cry out to the Lord, and reach out. A sister to a sister and a brother to a reach out, and let's get connected. Let's get connected, and let's pray for those that aren't meeting together anymore. Let's reach out to them. We need each other, and praise God we have each other. Praise God we have a new life, that we can walk in victory. We can have victory, and even that's not just for us. It's to to live a, a life filled with peace and joy and right standing so that others get that fragrance of Christ. There are people hurting. There are people that are slaves to sin and don't know it. They're blind. There are people that are in depression, and they need the hope that is in Jesus Christ. And that's going to come as we come to Jesus, as we take his yoke upon us. And then thirdly, in that same verse 29, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So I've already went over this a little bit, but Jesus said, I am gentle and lowly in heart. So the word gentle, um, according to Strong's, is humble or meek. And I want to read a little bit of the outline on Strong's about the word meek. So again, this is Jesus, God in the flesh, describing who he is. Gentle and lowly in heart. So meekness. Meekness toward God is that disposition of spirit. Okay. Excuse me. Which we accept his dealings with us as good and therefore without disputing or resisting. Whoa. Are we naturally meek 
accepting God's dealings with us as good. Jesus did not complain. Jesus bore the wrath of God. Jesus sweated blood because of the intensity of what he was about to go through. He did not complain. Jesus was rejected. Jesus was mocked. Jesus was spat upon. He did not complain. He accepted God the Father's dealings with him as good. He did not accuse the Father as being bad or wicked or cruel. Jesus was meek. That's amazing. That's amazing. He's meek and he's lowly. Gentleness stems from trust in God's goodness and control over the situation. This is a work of the Holy Spirit, not of the human will. That doesn't come about just by our striving and saying, okay, I'm determined to know that God is good. It's going to come through relationship. Gentleness is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's going to come as we uh, cultivate that devotional life that pastors talked about, as we read his word, as we meet together, and as we learn to serve one another and proclaim the gospel, these things that help us to be ready for his return, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is going to be cultivated because God wants us to be able to bear um, uncomfortable, painful, maybe unfair situations that look unfair in a manner that is meek because the world is watching, because people need to see Christ in you, the hope of glory. God wants to work that into you. So Jesus is gentle or meek and lowly. Isaiah 53, 5 says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement or the punishment that brought us peace. And by his wounds, we are healed. No one took the life of Jesus. Jesus willingly laid down his life. He laid down his privileges when he left heaven. He laid down his royalty. And in the garden, we see that he denied his will for the Father. Yes, him and the Father are one, but he took the Father's will. Jesus was lowly. He didn't demand his rights. He didn't demand what he wanted. He was about obeying the Father, obedience to the Father, obedience to God Almighty. And he wants the same for us. He wants that lowly, lowly heart. Um, so something about, again, Jesus says, I am gentle and lowly in heart. There's certain aspects about a lowly heart or about Jesus that is so different than humanity, mankind. We want, we de- I demand my rights. I demand respect. I demand what I want. That's my flesh. But God is asking us to unite with him, to take his yoke, and to be one with him, and to give that up because we've seen him, and he's worth it. He's the treasure that we're willing to sell everything else. 
So Jesus was compassionate. When Jesus saw the crowds in Matthew 9, 36, he saw the crowds and had compassion on them. A lowly heart will be compassionate towards others. A critical heart will not have compassion. So Brian shared some on this a couple Fridays ago, and he asked this question or something like it. Do you point out the faults of others, or do you pray for them? So do we point out others' faults, or are we praying and interceding for them? Because a lowly heart, Jesus' heart, is not pointing out others' faults. Yes, there's a time to bring correction, that's biblical, but a lowly heart has compassion. A lowly heart is willing to be patient and kind and prefer others. And a lowly heart, for us, remembers who we once were. A lowly heart says, okay, I remember who I was. I was completely given over to my sin. For me, it was alcohol, promiscuous living, drugs, just self, straight up self-indulgent. I was given over. And God didn't cast me into hell. God gave me breath. He was patient with me. Other people I knew were patient with me. So that helps me to realize, okay, help me to be patient with my brother or my sister, Lord. Help me to have your heart of compassion. Again, there's a time to correct. There's a time to warn. But remember, Jesus and a lowly heart is compassionate towards others. Also, a lowly heart is grateful. A lowly heart understands that we deserve wrath. We deserve hell. But God gave us mercy through Christ. Christ opened this passage by thanking God the Father. So a lowly heart is grateful. Do you find yourself grateful? Do you choose gratitude? We may not always feel it. One of the first things I do in the morning typically is I try to start giving thanks to God. But I guarantee you I don't always feel like it. Definitely don't. But I know he's my source. If I don't thank him, if I don't go to him with thanksgiving, I'm going to be stuck in self and it's not going to be good for anyone other than the devil. So a lowly heart is grateful. We turn to him with gratitude, knowing what he's done and who we are, but also through that sacrifice of praise. We turn to him in faith, not always feeling it. A lowly heart is a grateful heart. Also, a lowly heart serves others. Jesus emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. A lowly heart is willing to deny him or herself and serve and to follow Jesus. That's the heart. That's who our Savior, our King is. Again, this is describing Jesus, but he also wants this for us. That's who we serve. He's not a cruel taskmaster. A proud heart is blind to Jesus. Um, the Pharisees accused Jesus as having a demon. They didn't see him rightly. They were proud. They were focused on their works 
what they wanted, what they could do, and they did not see Jesus correctly. But again, Jesus is humble and has a lowly heart. Um, about six years ago, six or seven years ago, I came to Kentucky, and I shared some of the sins, the manifestation of sins, the alcohol and all this stuff that I was completely given over to. I was a drunk, still held down a job. I would call into work sometimes, I believe, but I mean, I was just, I was a mess and claiming to love Jesus. People thought I was a Christian, like that I was like a, a leader Christian or just encouraging, like I was living a double life, a double life. I was not seeing Jesus rightly. I wasn't coming to him. I wasn't taking his yoke. But part of why I share that is those manifestations of sin wasn't the root issue. It was myself. I wasn't seeing Jesus correctly. I wasn't seeing God the Father correctly. I would deal a lot with condemnation and with guilt. I was so focused on myself. I had such unbelief in my life. And what would happen is when I would do something I thought I shouldn't have, or I thought would even think the Lord is speaking to me to do something and I wouldn't do it, I would just, um, was it ruminate on that? I would ponder that and it would just grow till all of a sudden I couldn't handle it anymore and I would try to numb my conscience, try to numb this uh, oppression through alcohol and other things. Um, but when I went to Pure Life, the Lord showed me, gave me a little glimpse, a little glimpse that that voice that I was believing was God, that thought pattern, that image of God speaking to me and correcting me was not him. It was wrong. It was unbelief. And it was actually rooted in self. I created an image of who God is. And he showed me his grace. He showed me, you are good to me. I say that to others, but you're actually good towards me. And by the grace of God, he's given me victory in these areas. He's given me way more victory than I've ever had. And I praise the Lord. But it's not just because I decided to stop drinking or to stop pursuing sexual sin. No, he's helped me to come to him, to take that yoke, to be his slave, not a slave to the world, and not a slave to my own performance. I've taken the yoke of Jesus on me, and I'm learning from him. I'm beginning to see, God, you're meek. God, you're lowly. And I'll be honest, I still struggle with it. I still deal with condemnation and guilt. But I can tell you, there's been a significant, significant change in my heart. And I praise God for that. God wants that for you. He wants you to go into deeper levels of intimacy and gratitude and faithfulness and joy and service, service to him. But it's not merely through our efforts. It's not what we do. It's by coming to Jesus. Do you hear that call? Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, be my slave, and learn from me, for I am gentle, or I am meek, 
and I am lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That's the Father's will. Because when we come to him like that, and we have that reality in our soul, it's going to be like almost impossible to keep that to yourself. It's, you're going to want to share Jesus with other people. You're going to want to share him with your family. You're going to want and choose to share him with those you live with. You're going to want to step out in boldness. Okay, Lord, I'm kind of intimidated, but you love this young lady that's my waiter, God. And you're going to want to just speak a word of encouragement or how can I pray? You're going to want to testify of his goodness. So it's not our works that we rely upon. We rely upon the truth of God's word and his character. And we're being reminded or learning today that he is lowly. He's gentle toward you. Again, I still struggle with that this weekend. I still have a wrong view of God, but he's helping me to renew my mind. And mind renewal for me, these past, I'd say three or four years, the word talks about don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may test and approve uh, what his will is, the good and pleasing, acceptable will of God. But mind renewal these past three or four years has been a serious battle for me. Probably one of the most intense battles of my life past three or four years. The anxiety, the fear. I'm talking deep, strong. But he's worth it. Eternal life is worth it. And what he's doing, he's getting to strongholds strongholds that I and we have believed for years. We've seen God as this way. We've trusted in ourselves. And so God is helping us by the power of the Holy Spirit, through his word, and through the church, through others, to have our minds renewed where we see him more correctly and we can walk in freedom. But I want to tell you, it could happen in a moment, but it could happen over months and even years. So be encouraged. Stay in the fight. Don't quit. It's easy to get discouraged, but be encouraged in the Lord that it's his will that you come to him. It's his will to exchange our yoke for his. And it's his nature to be meek and lowly. So praise God for that. Praise God for that. Um. Yeah, I'm going to pray and then um, give Glenn an opportunity. Do you want to have an opportunity? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pray, and I am going to invite people uh, to the altar. Um, but you don't even have to come to the altar. But coming to this altar, I would like to give you an opportunity to have someone to join in with you in prayer. Because sometimes we need to just be vulnerable, admit where we're at, and have someone who's walking with the Lord come alongside of us and listen and pray with us. And God wants that for you. Again, the call today is come to Jesus. There's going to be a pull to go to the world or a pull to go to our own thinking, my own heart. 
But God is saying, come to Jesus, the real Jesus, according to the word. Um, so I just want to invite you, um, as I pray, if you have not ever come to Jesus, if you have rejected him through your pride, through fear, through shame, which I have done before, and you've never, never tasted his goodness, if you've never known his presence, if you've never taken his yoke and known his lowly heart, there's an opportunity today to come to him, to have an exchange. But also, even if you're walking with the Lord and you know that recently you've been heavy laden, you've been burdened, you've been weary from striving, you've been weary from fear and worry, you've been weary from holding things in your heart, whether it's sin or whatever, you're holding on to these things, ashamed to to open up and be vulnerable. God is still saying, I love you. Come, receive, take up my yoke. Don't be enslaved to sin. Be my son, my daughter, my slave. So those invitations are there. So I'm just going to invite anyone who would want to come up to this altar. And if you want prayer, we will definitely definitely listen to you because God cares. God cares about you. He cares about what you're going through. He cares about the feelings, the fears, the thoughts, the hurt, the pain. But he gives us a choice. We can try to do it on our own and we can reject him or we can come to him as we are, a mess, as we are, and receive his yoke. So come to him today. Come to him every day. This altar is still going to be open for a little bit. Father, I just thank you so much, God, that you have been calling us to come to your son, Jesus. You've been calling us even when we're a mess. We don't have to have it all together. We don't have to be polished up and clean when we come to you, God. Come as we are. But God, you want us to turn and repent and take up your yoke. And God, I pray that you help all of us today to take the yoke of Jesus Help us to learn of Jesus, meek and lowly Jesus. And God, help us to extend that mercy to others today. God, you are so faithful. Help us to be doers of your word, God. God, I praise you and I bless you, Lord. In the name of Jesus.